Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Kiz is going to start with a, it starts with the hydrocodones, Giz, watch out, and ends up with yeah. heroin. She's going to be selling your uh, computer TV on the street for money. Anyway, speaking of selling your TV on the street for money, <laughs> today's quote is from Carl Jung. Once again, we're going to quote him, and it goes, the debt we owe to the play of imagination is incalculable. go a couple different ways um obviously if you let your imagination run wild that can be a good and bad thing um you know the first time I saw that quote I was like wow yeah because I think that if you can imagine it if you can dream something a lot of times you can achieve that and it kind of helps you think outside the box and and you know try to achieve more than what you ever thought capable but on the flip side I also think that in the case of like maybe someone like me, my imagination kind of runs wild, but in a very negative way. And I become fixated and like on things that I think are going to happen. And I play out all these scenarios in my head. And um, is that beneficial to me? I, I don't think so. So I, I think that the debt maybe will be incalculable because I'm so fixated on these things that I think could happen. Does that help me push myself and strive to achieve more? possibly. But I also think I spend so much time fixating on these things that probably will never happen, that it prohibits me from like thinking about and fixating on things that I could manifest. And look, I mean, on New Year's Eve, what a great opportunity to use your imagination of what the next year will bring, right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, I just, in my head, it's like, what do I think the next year will bring? Well, if I'm using this year as any kind of indicator, it doesn't look so great for me, you know? Yeah, but I think um, the important thing to remember here is that we really never know exactly what's going to happen in the future. We might have a feeling and we might have, uh, you know, our intuition might be pointing us towards something that we should do and try and change. And I think that's where imagination is really important. And I think that's why the tarot is important too, because you can use the tarot as a tool along with your imagination and your intuition to make a better year for yourself. So I think imagination, especially in this culture and this time is very important. I feel a lot of people are losing their imagination. Either uh, they're just not creative or a lot of time people get their entertainment from other people's imaginations, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, but if you're overloading on it, if that's all you do is just consume, consume media all day, that's not your own and you're not creating that could limit your imagination. So I think it's important to remember that, especially moving forward into the new year. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to activate my imagination more. Well, and just to to respond to what you said, I often think, so I work, obviously, um, I've talked a little bit about it, in education, and I work a lot with kids, and I see it with my own nieces and nephews. There has been such, I feel like, a movement away from using your imagination, because there's been such a fixation on more tangible subjects, um, because everyone thinks like that is where you're going to be able to make money, and that's where you're going to be able to succeed. And I think that we're doing really a disservice to this next generation 
because I use this as a perfect example. If you gave um, my nephew a piece of paper and you said, draw something, he used to be able to get so upset because you didn't give him something to actually draw. You didn't give him an actual something like draw a house or draw. He just couldn't use his imagination to just fill the page with whatever he wanted. And I think that there, that's kind of what happens when you are plugged in all the time. If you are playing video games, there is a certain point, right? You do this because you want to get, you know, further in the game or something like that. And there's kind of a moving, moving away from like using your imagination um, because we're so focused on these material things that we have. And there's like a point to everything. Um, and it's like they're, we're making a generation of people that are incapable of thinking outside the box. My own personal opinion. Yeah, uh, that's that's for sure. And I think if you if you keep, you know, if you take that as truth. So if you see that's something that's going on around you, if it only gets worse and you just kind of look into the future, I don't see a really fun and bright future for for humanity. If that's what happens, you know, I think we need our imagination. Our imagination is what got us this far. And I think a lot of people aren't happy with the situation that we find ourselves in in 2019, you know, maybe as a country or as a as a people or whatever, you know, people either they're like not happy with the president or the last president or they're just not happy with um, what's going on or the government overall. And I think that the way out of it is to use your imagination because you have to imagine as corny or as crazy as it sounds, you have to imagine a better future before you can build it. You have to imagine something, uh, a place where you want to live. You know, and and I think that there could be <laughs> there's an element, and the reason why it, the reason why this might be happening is there are people in control. You know, if you think of people in the government, and they're the ones who fund education largely, and they're the ones who educate the children. It's in their benefit. Is is uh, crazy or is nefarious as it sounds it's in their benefit for the children not to have an imagination because then they just stick with the system and they'll just uh, stay within it you know you make nice little factory workers or nice little soldiers or nice little whatever workers you want that aren't going to try to challenge the system and build a new one so that's where i I like to get into conspiracy a little bit (laughs) but on the flip side of that you know how are you supposed to move things forward and create new things when you're not given that kind of creativity and that imagination has been so stifled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and what I, people aren't seeing. You could see the effects, or you could see it, but you people just aren't looking forward enough to see how bad it's going to be. And, you know, um, I was, when I was back in Connecticut for the holidays, I was spending time with one of my friends, and he said, like, he always found me because we used to be coworkers to be somebody that would push him to do things. He's like, you always thought outside the box. You would come up with the craziest things and you're like, we're going to figure out how to do it. And I, I see so many of the kids that I interact with not having that ability. And it's sad because it's like I, that's striving to do new and better things. And I think that it's like if you're just going to always do the things that you know, you're never going to grow. Yeah, and you're never going to want to get to the point to where you want to look inside and make the real change, like I always talk about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Happy New Year, Ashley. How are you doing today, today tonight, uh, um, whatever day it is? Yeah, pretty good here. Um, How are you? Oh, I'm lovely. 
I'm looking forward to 2020 and um, I want to, I made some changes in 2019 and I, you know, I got my blog going again and my podcast and all this stuff. And then I came across basically, you know, the occult information and all the stuff about psychology and tarot. And it kind of threw me off. And, you know, we started this podcast, which is great, but my own, my own things, my video, my, my, uh, podcast and my blog, I've been lacking on those cause I haven't really, uh, I haven't had an idea what to write about, but I just finally wrote a new blog post. So I'm going to use it to start 2020, right? Where I'm going to do what I was doing before, where I'd write a blog post and then podcast about it, make a video. But now I'm going to be do- doing stuff about the occult, you know, different psychology, and um, maybe some conspiracy stuff, too. So look for that at More Laws, More Problems, everybody. MoreLawsMoreProblems.com. Check it out. And uh, what about you? What are you looking forward to in the old 2020? Just hoping it's better than 2019. <laughs> A little <laughs> bit more clarity. Yeah, um, clear. I want to see clearly now that it's 2020. <laughs> exactly. Um, just hoping to to minimize I think a lot of the extra bullshit that I have in my life to be a little bit more focused on what's like actually important and what's actually going to help me and stuff like that. Well, I think that's a great way to start the year and it's a great way to start this podcast. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the three of pentacles. Um, so we're still in our suit of pentacles. And then we're going to be talking about the number nine and looking at all the nines of the um, four suits. So uh, we'll start off like we normally do, looking at the three of pentacles. And I normally give a description of the card. And then we go into initial thoughts and talk about the different aspects of it and what we think they mean. Um, just as a side note, this card for me really... I, we can get into a little bit why, but it really reminds me of the TV show Charmed, which is one of my favorites. Um, and I could talk a little bit about why I think later on. Um, okay, so let's talk about what does this card look like. You've got this kind of archway um, that's like gray with bricks. And in the center, you have a pillar that's going up from the floor. It kind of branches off in two directions. And in the center, you have a little flower. And then up at the top of that archway, kind of t- touching the, um, or the top of that pillar touching the archway, you have these three pentacles. Um, and they are kind of, there's like a halo around them. And then you have three figures, one of which is on a bench standing. And their back is to us. They're wearing like a purple tunic with like, looks like maybe like a yellow apron. They've got two things in their hand. One of them looks kind of like a a light or something. And then the other one kind of looks maybe it kind of looks like the magician's wand, but it also looks like it could be some kind of um, tool to like engrave. And then you've got two other figures on the right, one of which looks like a monk because um, they have like the bald back of the head, kind of that circle of hair. They're wearing like a long cloak. It's kind of gray. And the other one's wearing this very festive um, cape type thing, but it has a hood and it's yellow with polka dots on it, at least on my card. Um, and they're holding this piece of paper that kind of looks like um, blueprints or floor plans. Uh, so there's my description of the card. Definitely look at it on our Instagram at terrible two T A R O T B U L L and the number two, because it might be a little bit hard to follow my description unless you know exactly what you're looking at. Okay. Initial thoughts here. What did you think? Initial thoughts. I just think of like we were talking about creativity and imagination and mm-hmm. it looks like someone, 
has been working at it long enough to where they might not be like a master, but they definitely have a, a, a hang. Um, they definitely have a good idea what they're doing. So, and they're willing to show it off or maybe even work for money. It looks like here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I totally agree. I'm going to say that I'm looking at it and it kind of seems like teamwork um, and kind of the building of a, of a structure or something where each person has a different role that they have to fulfill. And um, there's a reason why you need all of them and they're working together to make this structure. Those are my initial thoughts. Okay, now let's get into why I think this looks like the show Charmed. So in this show Charmed, <laughs> in the show Charmed, there's three sisters and they're witches. And because there's three of them, there's like this ancient prophecy that they're going to be super powerful. Anyway, the main symbol for the show, if you've ever watched it, is at the very beginning. And it's on the cover of their Book of Shadows, which is their spell book. And that's that image of the three pentacles reminds me of that so much. Now, the image from charmed is like a celtic knot um that it just kind of scrolls around like the power of three but it's it really resonates with me i think possibly because of my catholic upbringing and the idea of the trinity of so there is no uh, obviously you have the highest one um there and then you've got two below it kind of looks like a triangle which is the strongest shape when you're building in architecture um but it also provides like a really nice base and um and there's like this power of three. That's what they always say in Charmed. And that 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 image there of the three pentacles in that the top of that pillar going into that archway just really, for me, looks very similar to that that image from Charmed. Yeah, a lot of stuff that you see in on TV or Hollywood and even in advertising, they use a lot of symbols just because, you know, it attracts people to it. It looks cool, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of I mean, we talked about reasons why before, and I love that you brought up the Trinity because that's what this card also to me says. And the Trinity, if you look at it, so we know if you're looking at it from the Christianity side or Catholic, like you said, you went to Catholic school, I did too. If you're looking at it from that angle, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, well, if you back it up a little bit and look at it esoterically, so if you look at it from the point of view of say, you know, the secret societies or the occult, like we were saying before, what it means, or the, the Holy Trinity in that aspect, or as they look at it, is the sacred feminine and sacred masculine masculine coming together to create and to create action in the world. And that is just really another symbol for the brain. So it's your left side and your right side of your brain. You're using them in conjunction to activate the pineal gland. And this is when you are creating optimally in the universe so whatever you're doing you have your thoughts and emotions aligned in action so that's what the trinity is really about and then you know it was changed because we talked about how catholics or even just christianity in general it's not how it started out right now it's really just a system of control as built by the romans so they took these concepts that were out before and they used them kind of to suit their own means and people it was easy to get people to go along because it was really close to what they were used to already. You know, they just changed a little bit and slapped it on top. But that's what the Holy Trinity is really about. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, it's crazy because we always talk about this, but they just, it looks like the Catholic Church or the Romans just totally shut out the feminine aspect completely. Yep. Which is very unlike the pagan religions that they had before where they had all kinds of deities of all different, you know, masculine and feminine aspects to them. 
And I, you know what I really love is, uh, so, all right, so that's my thought on those, the, the placement of the three pentacles. Um, and I think that that's kind of what they were trying to get across there. I love the um, placement of it at the top of the column, but also in that archway, because an arch in architecture or engineering is also an incredibly strong um, structure. But the strongest point, the part that's the most important is the keystone that's at the very top that holds the archway together. And I love that it looks like this is kind of touching on that, like the, the top of where the three pentacles are goes to where the top of that archway is. And it's kind of, for me, indicating that the strength of that one spot in the arch, but also like because it's made out of stone. And I think of like these ancient cathedrals like in in Europe or honestly, even on the on the East Coast. And like, you know, we're able to build these massive, impressive structures using these materials with these shapes. But it was like a feat of engineering at the time. Yeah, it's crazy what the lengths that humans will go to <laughs> to, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's why it's really important. And, you know, you look at all these ancient structures. Why do they build them and why are they still here like the pyramids? it's really important to look at those aspects of it. And another thing I wanted to bring up because you were talking about the keystone here, um, the pyramid or the, I'm sorry, the triangle that's encompassing those three pentacles that's actually touching on the keystone you're talking about is also supported by two other arches right under it. So that goes yes. to that whole power of three again. So it's like the three inside the three. Yep. Supporting the whole keystone. So this archway where the where you see the Roman num numeral three at the top of the card, that keystone is it's like placed right over the keystone. That is this really strong point because it has that center column, which is also held up by two other arches and it's an arch itself. Mm -hmm. All right. So now let's get into the the figures themselves. So what were your thoughts on the figure on the left that's standing on the bench? It looks like that's the force that's creating in the world. So whatever, when you align, like I said before, if you align your left and right brains or you get the masculine and feminine energies together to create, that's the creative force and that's the person who is born or that's the entity or spirit that's born from that. So that would be the, I think that's the, the tip of the archway. Mm -hmm. That would be the point. That's what he represents. That's why he's holding the tools like the chisel and the hammer, it looks like. So this way he's the one who's actually building it. And then the other two are down there watching him. So if you look at one looks like it's like a religious figure, the other one could be like a royal figure. So that can also play on the little the right and left sides of the brain, the creative and the um, the logical. So they're working together, looking at these plans, and they are the ones who are telling him what to do through those plans, but using his skills. So that's what it's kind of saying to me. What about you? I think so. I'm looking at it. And for me, that figure out of all three of them, um, if I'm thinking about the ancient or not ancient, um, like the medieval kind of um, hierarchy caste system, if you will, he looks like he's probably the lowest person in the totem pole, the person actually doing the work. But what I love about that is you would often think of that person being like the poorest, kind of the least important, the least significant, but he's placed higher than the other two. And so he's standing on this bench and it looks like he's able to see over their heads, kind of given that idea of like um, a position of authority or a position of power, even though he probably is the least powerful out of the three of them. Um, and I, to be honest, I didn't really have any thoughts or feelings on um, on if uh, on what it means to um, 
Uh, the things in his hands, did you? Yeah, it, I think it's just the tools that he's using to create with. And he, you know, it's, it's just showing that he, because also with the apron, it's just showing that he's the one who's actually doing the physical work. Mm-hmm. And did you agree with what I said about what you thought, what I thought was in his hands? I don't know what the thing in the right hand is. Oh, oh, um, I think it's a chisel and a hammer. I'm pretty sure. And then the, oh. the thing in his right hand, yeah, and it, it could also be called something else, but that's how they use it, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, now let's look at the, like, monk figure. What were your thoughts there? Well, to me, he represents the the right brain, the creative kind of spiritual, emotional, intuitional side of the brain mm-hmm. in this aspect. But also, if it's just two people getting together, he could be the one who is the creative force. And um, if you bring it over to the other guy, he looks like he's some kind of royalty maybe with that with that outfit. So he could represent the left and the logical side. So it just represents those two forces coming together. And then they're advising this guy on how to build and how to do it right. So for me, it's just a, um, a metaphor for the Trinity in that way. OK, I like that a lot. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is going to be like so awkward, but. Are you recording our call? Yeah. OK, good, because I was like, I just hit record on my end and I was like, shoot, I totally forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a really long night. So, um, OK, we're leaving this in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that monk figure and um, to me, it's the person that seems like has the least kind of investment besides it maybe being the building that they're going to be presiding over because the other two figures both have something in their hands like they both have something to offer. Maybe the one on the left on the bench is the one that's actually creating it. The other one with that really cute like cape hood thing has it looks like the blueprints and then the monk is just kind of standing there um and again i just think it's like there's all a purpose so maybe it was like this is going to be the place where he's able to preside over and impart wisdom and help people but besides having like he's not going to be physically making anything and he doesn't have the financials to be able to actually build it just going back to what i said earlier like there's a part there's a job for everyone in something um, all right, now let's look at the figure with the hood um, that in my card, it's like they could be wearing like a yellow hood thing, cape, or um, mine is polka dots. What were your thoughts? Uh, to me, this guy, he looks, like I was saying before, kind of like royalty. So he mm-hmm. just represents to me that side. But going off of what you just said, since he's the one holding the blueprint, he could be the director. Maybe he's like the foreman. And then the monk, the guy looks like the monk. He's the one, like you said, it is his house. He's the one that had the idea. You know, it's his house of worship. He's like, this is what I want to do. Come on down. I have an idea. So he spit out the idea. And then the other guy made the blueprints. And now he's giving it to the worker. And they're both kind of showing him their vision. Think of like a movie. So you have like a director and a producer, maybe like an executive director and a director. They're working together. And this other guy's the actor. He's the one who's actually performing the art. They're the ones who are directing his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that, like the, so this figure is holding what looks like the blueprints and it honestly looks very similar to the archway or whatever that you see. I love it that they maybe they're the brains behind it. Um, but they also look like they could be the like finances behind it. And it looks like, I think a lot of times 
in creating a structure like this, especially if it is like a religious structure, you kind of give money and they kind of have to just take it and they can do kind of whatever they want with it. But this shows like there's a certain um, authority or say that this person has like, no, I do want to be invested in this. And we are all in this together. Kind of like a nice collaboration. Yeah, I like that. And what I love is that in terms of all three of them, this figure stands out the most in terms of what they're wearing. Um, and, you know, kind of maybe the the decor and, and ornate decoration of the building is directly related to the fact that this person seems a little bit more, I'm not going to say flamboyant, but a little bit more decorative and um, fashionable. Um, because the monk just literally looks almost like they're fading into the background. And the other person just kind of looks like a normal worker. The only thing that you you don't see is the the apron, which could be very bright, but the back of him, the back of that person just kind of looks very, um, very plain and dark. So I love that this figure stands out because it, for me, it showcases their importance. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why I was thinking he might be like royalty or something like that. Or maybe he's just like a nobleman or um, a really rich businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because whoever's going to wear that. like, And obviously they don't care about what other people think, like society, you know. So th- he's definitely a creative type, like a, you know, like a musician or something. They just don't care. They'll get like neck tattoos and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did you have any other thoughts here on this card? I just wanted to point out the bench that the guy in the purple mm-hmm. on the left is standing on because this is the same kind of table that we see in the magician's card in the mm-hmm. major arcana. This is the magician's table, magician's table, which has three legs, but four sides. And I love it because it's only showing two of the legs and three of the sides. So it's like a two, three, and then alludes to the four, which is coming next. But he is using that table you know, as a bench, any way it can be used. And I think it's a great metaphor for the magician's table because it's something that metaphorically it represents kind of the self-knowledge that you need to use these these occulted or the, the hidden psychology kind of, like I said, talking about getting your right and left brain together and to create in the world. So he's aware of that and he's using it and it's like plan of their solid. He's not worried about a fawn or whatever. It's like a solid foundation for him to work on. So I think that's just kind of what it's alluding to, that you need that self-work if you actually want to work on other stuff, especially if you want to collaborate. You have to be the ruler of yourself first. Do you know, as you were just saying that, what I was thinking, I was thinking about the text I sent you last night, which was a picture of the magician that I found in that store as I was walking. You know what might be a really nice idea if we want to do like an offshoot? Um uh, episode what we're going to say are we're manifesting as our card for 2020 all right so what card do we want to use like coming into 2020 is what you're saying like what do we want to use as like this is what we hope Pick 2020 guide. is going to yeah be for us oh all right yeah i like that idea we can do a bonus episode as, as we're just kind of in this episode talking about something totally different but it's like it just i was like oh that would be a really good idea okay anyway sorry no, that's good because that's a commercial for it look for that guys we're going to yeah. do that next <laughs> okay so um let's talk about now what this card would mean in different types of reading so if this card came up in a general reading what would you say 
if this card came up in a general reading, I would say that this time for action right now. That's what the Trinity is about. You have the one and the two, and the one is the singular, and the two is about coming together and finding something to work with or getting two forces in alignment. Or, you know, it could even represent a mother and a father. So the third is the child now of this coming together. Or it's the fruit of the labor. If you've got those forces in alignment and you're out there doing work in the world, this is what it represents. Now, especially because it's a pinnacle, so it really represents the world. So it could represent... Uh, it could represent your home. It could represent your your living. Anything to do with earthly, uh, you know, what, what am I saying? I always screw up when I want to say that. Anyway, I'm rambling here. But, yeah, that's that's about what I would say. What about you? What would you say? Um, I said that this would be more focused a little bit more on, like, work or, like, material possessions and kind of knowing when that you're going to have to – when to work with others and working hard to make sure – you know, for me, I don't necessarily enjoy group projects just because, um, you know, it, it, it puts a lot of responsibility on other people that I'm not sure can carry that type of weight. Um, but it's, like, kind of knowing that you do need to uh, – depend on other people at times and work together to get things done and accomplished. And every, like I said before, everyone has their role. So knowing what your role is. And I think one of the biggest issues I have in terms of working with a group or, you know, working with others in general is knowing that you can't fix everything and it's not your job to do all the different roles. Um, you just need to make sure that you do your part to ensure the success of whatever it is you're working on. Um, which can be incredibly frustrating and stressful and anxiety producing, but knowing that it's going to be more of those things. If you try to take on everyone's role, you know, everyone has their part, everyone should be doing their thing. And as long as you do what you're supposed to do, you're ensuring the success of that project. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Because if you're trying to do everyone else's job and make sure that it's done perfectly and you're micromanaging, you can actually make the overall outcome of it bad because you're not focusing on what you need to focus on and then you're distracting everyone else so yeah great point mm -hmm. okay now let's say this card comes up in a love reading what would you say if this came up in a love reading i would say this could represent um i mean it could represent a child because three like i said before the one and the two come together the man and the woman and they make a child and this is a worldly card because it's a pentacle and mm -hmm. people people are creations of nature of the world of this earth so i could say it could represent that or it could represent a new relationship one that's going to be more balanced and one that's going to give you what you deserve and and that's only because you're out there looking for it because you have yourself together um yeah what about you um, I said that um, it, for me, would be potentially finding a relationship at work, um, a new friendship or a romantic relationship. But I also said, so that would be obviously if you're single, but if you're in a relationship, this could also be, it could go two ways. Um, you know, kind of the position I'm at right now, I always kind of steer myself in the more pessimistic way, but let's go optimistic first. This is a couple that's working together, right? So maybe they are working together to start that family or to ensure financial success um, or, you know, comfortability for themselves or their family. So maybe it's the couple working together to achieve those things, or it could be one person in said couple 
who is more fixated on work than they are on the relationship. And if you're working at work and you're not working on your relationship, that leaves you to succeed at work, but not succeed in your relationship. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when that happens, even in my own experience, that it's just because I, in my experience when it happened, I didn't want to deal with the situation in the relationship. So I just, Bared myself my work. So it's mm -hmm. just another way to, to escape. It's another form of escapism, which we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. um, all right. What about a career reading? What'd you have for that? So I said that this could be, if it was a type of job, I said it would be more like um, a trait, like, um, like a skilled job, like maybe like an electrician or a plumber or someone that works in construction or um, a mason or something like that. Um, and I said that this is also kind of understanding the idea of teamwork at work and learning how to enjoy teamwork and how that can kind of help bring about the best in people, but also help alleviate some of the stressors. Um, oh, it also could be an architect. Um, and so if this card came up in a career reading, I would I would kind of stress to the person who I'm doing the reading for to like, is there ways that you can delegate or give off some of these things. So you're not so overwhelmed. You know, that's that's a sign of a real strong manager, employee, whatever, to be able to delegate when when appropriate. You know, not giving off everything, but also not taking everything on to themselves. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty much, I was going to say a lot of what you said. So I'm glad you went first because I could just add to that by saying, it's great that you said Mason because esoterically, Freemasons, when they're looking at it, the, when they say Mason, technically everybody is a Mason because everybody is a builder. And what they're talking about is building your life, building your reality, your future, what you're doing. Everyone's collect collectively building the civilization that we live in. So that's what they mean by Mason. So everybody's a Mason. Everybody's building. And, you know, what are you building? I think that's what we need to ask ourselves individually mm -hmm. i know what i'm building what are you building <laughs> right and building doesn't necessarily mean an actual physical structure it could be like what are you manifesting what are you trying yeah. to produce or create exactly um, in the world are you making overall it comes down to overall are you making the world overall a better place or are you not because if everybody worked toward that goal of trying to make the world a better place individually on their own level day to day you know not trying to change the world uh, with some hero that's going to get everyone together and, you know, just individually, I think the world would, could be a better place. But that's just my opinion. What do I know? Well, what do any of us know, right? <laughs> okay. Any final thoughts on this Three of Pentacles card before we move on? No. Let us move on. All right. So now we're going to look at the same card in a different deck. So we're going to see the different um, visual interpretation of it. And we just kind of give our initial thoughts on it. So for this part, Brandon gives the description and then we talk about what our thoughts are. All right, so we're talking about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, and this card is the three of discs in this in this deck, and it says works at the bottom. So, you know, like you're going to work, but it says works, plural. And I'm going to get into the description of the card. Centrally is a triangle, and then in this triangle, it looks like it's cut up into three sections that looks just like, uh, you know, three even sections. It kind of looks like a Mercedes emblem. If I'm being honest, it looks exactly like the inside of Mercedes emblem. And at the points of each of these uh, three points of the triangle, there's a circle with another circle in it. 
and it looks like there's wheels, like kind of a ship's wheel that would you would see maybe like on a pirate ship or an old uh, sailboat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going, and those are red, and then going around that, around the whole triangle with the circles, it looks, it's kind of hard to describe. It looks like it could be waves of some kind, maybe like water, or it could also be like a, like a rock that somebody chipped in. You know, you really have to check out this card. You can go to Terrible 2, like we always say on our Instagram. It's T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And you'll see this. And the last things I could say is at the top, there is a symbol for Mars. And at the bottom, there's another symbol. I'm not quite sure. Are you? Do you know what that symbol is? Let me look. That's Capricorn. Okay, Capricorn. All right. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts. What do you think of this thing? Um, so the uh, initial thing that I thought is the division of the triangle in the center actually produces three more triangles. Um, and again, just going back to the structural stability uh, or structural integrity of that shape, it is going to be so strong, even when divided up into three smaller triangles. Um, the kind of positioning of the triangle into these red discs since it is right in the center, I did have to do some research on what those discs represent. And they re- represent three um, different elements. So we have um, air, fire, water. Um, and air is at the top. On the bottom right is fire. And on the bottom left is the water. So the only one we're missing is earth. But that is going to be what the discs actually are, at least in my mind, right? They're more earthly possessions. Um, but showing that it kind of goes into all of these different elements and it creates a nice balance. Um, what I do love is that if you were to turn this card um, or turn the triangle, it would look pretty much the, the same, you know, giving that idea of one part isn't more important than the other. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of thrown by the background. It seemed, whereas the other cards that we've looked at seemed not as busy. This one seemed very busy. What did you think? Yeah, it really looks like there's a lot going on. And I think that it kind of reminds me of um, something I'm trying to think you might see like in Star Wars or some, some kind of science fiction thing where, they start to power up some old technology and it starts to like spin and go crazy. And then the waves are kind of like the effect of that. So that's kind of what I got going on in my mind. And that's brings me back to the creation. Like we talked about in the other card in the Rider weight deck, mm-hmm. the threes, you know, threes just are a representative of creation and out. And actually that's why the three is so important. That's why, you know, you see threes everywhere. Um, and symbolism, esoterically, Freemasonry and all that stuff. They love the three. And I also love how there's three triangles, like you said, because it relates back to the card in the Rider Weight where there's three different arches. Yep. So it's that same strength. And it gives it that look to where it could be actually a pyramid, like coming up out of the card. So I, I love that aspect of it also. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's crazy, just like all these other cards. What were your deck. thoughts on the background, yes. that like gray waviness? To me, it just it, it it could represent the clouds dissipating, so or the darkness dissipating because the lightness or the energy that's coming off the creation of this triangle or pyramid or whatever it is, 
it's piercing through the fog. It's piercing through the darkness. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's even like water. You know, I mean, it, it's hard to say. That's kind of that's kind of what I how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree that I think it it does look like it could be waves in water. Um, and what were your thoughts on the word at the bottom? Works. I think that just goes to creation. You know, what mm-hmm. are you creating? What is what out? What are you making in the world? What are your works? Because everything that you do, every action that you take, it actually comes back to karma. Because they say that actions have a life of their own. Once you perform an action, and then it just keeps going. It's it's similar to the pay forward uh, concept. Oh, and it's also very similar than it sounds like to Newton's third law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, you know, it's easy for people to see that in the world of physics, but that's all the occult is. It's just the physics, but of the spiritual world, of the inside the brain, of feeling, of of um emotion, I guess you could well, say. Well, and I think that a lot of times people think they're two separate schools of thought, um, like spirituality and um, kind of what we talk about doesn't have any necessarily root in scientific facts or, or things like that. And it's so funny that I'm even saying this because I was literally having this conversation last night over drinks that they are the same, you know, the principles that we have in physics or in biology or chemistry can be applied here and vice versa. You know, it's kind of like this interwoven garment of knowledge in terms of life, my own thoughts. Yeah, for sure. But this is the knowledge that they say is occulted because I feel that if everybody had this knowledge, well, it, it's scary knowledge to have because it's easier for people to, in my opinion, it's easier for people to not look at this, to stick your head in the sand, to kind of just go along. Because looking inside, looking at yourself is scary because then you have to become self-dependent and you actually have to take responsibility for the things that you're doing. You can't blame everything else. You can't say, oh, you know, my parents used to beat me, so that's why I do this. Or mm-hmm. You know, this happened to me when I was younger, so now that's why I drink all the time or why I do drugs. It's like, no, if you figured it out, now you're an adult. You have to take responsibility. And these are the tools that you can use to do this. It's just a hard process. But like anything else, you know, you want to learn how to be a great baseball player. You want to, you know, when you're a kid, you want to learn how to ride a bike, whatever it is. You want to learn how to sing. You have to work at it. It's not easy. So if you want to learn how to create right action in the world, you have to work at it. And that's kind of what I wrote about. So another plug for my blog at morelawsmoreproblems.com. I should have that article up probably after I do this. So it should be up in conjunction with this podcast. So go check it out. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I can and say I, about I'm, this. I'm just going to go piggybacking off of what I said earlier about um, the lack of imagination. I think that when we're talking about... Um, you know, what you're saying is like this occulted knowledge that necessarily that for a lot of people uses their imagination because it's not necessarily something tangible. And there's so much fixation and focus on these tangible facts or laws like in physics or biology, because it's actually you can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can experience it. Whereas some of the other these other things would require a little bit more um, thought process and reflection Yeah, for sure. And it's a whole case of do as I say, not as I do, because a lot of these, I mean, I don't know if you could really point to examples now in the current future, but if you look back at the people who kind of like built the society and how it is today in the, the robber barons or whatever they were, 
all these guys, you know, they had astrologers. They looked at the tarot. They looked at all this stuff. They belong to secret societies where they talked about these topics. So they were able to do that. They were able to create the world they want. But is it the world we want? That's what it is. So if they have the knowledge, but the average person doesn't, then we're kind of just living in their world. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the quote about imagination. If they're the ones with the imagination, they're imagining a world that they rule and we're you know, the rest of the people serve them in what way or another, that's what's going to happen because <laughs> we don't have the imagination to get out of it. Right. A hundred percent. All right. Any final thoughts here on the three of discs? No, I think we're good. Perfect. So we're going to move on now and talk about the number nine. Um, so we're kind of gone through all of the different numbers. We did focus on, um, the numerology of all of these different numbers in previous episodes. So you should go back and listen to that. But now we're going to talk about briefly what those numbers mean. So today we're focusing on nine and then how does it relate to the nine cards or the nine visualizations in the four suits, cups, swords, pentacles, and wands. All right. So first we're just going to talk about what is the number nine. And if you listen to any of our previous episodes, you probably remember I identified myself as pretty much every number. Um, and really Bo, probably a 10. Um, so what, when I think of the number nine, hold on, I'm pulling up my notes. That's right. While you're pulling up your notes, I want to say that uh, if, if you've been watching Mandalorian or if anyone's watching this, that's listening to this, I feel like after what I just said, I feel like baby Yoda, like after he uses the force and now I got to like take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the knowledge comes out of me and then uh... mm-hmm. it's like exhausting. Okay, so the number nine, this is going to be um, somebody that's in search of spiritual wisdom. They're not just a dreamer, but they are able to get things done in their thoughts uh, or uh, their dreams. They're able to manifest those in a very effective kind of way. So very nicely ties into the quote that we use this uh, at the very beginning of the episode. So unlike the number eight, who was able to get these things done as well, like if you remember from last week's episode, we talked about how they're very effective in manifesting their own um kind of skills and um whatever they want to have done the um the number nine um are going to be doing things that aren't necessarily just focused on creating things that are going to be materially beneficial so it's not going to be something that gives them a lot of money necessarily or um material things it's going to be a little bit more spiritual um so you're also looking, if you're a number nine, to kind of serve service all humanity. And that's more of a, see, you're not looking to be like more of a Scrooge and make money for yourself and create your own financial gains. You're looking to kind of help everyone, help all others. Um, and so the car that's identified with this in the major arcana is the hermit. And it's like this person is going out looking for knowledge and to find their own their own truth and their own path. And then the idea being once they have that, they can go back to civilization to be able to serve humanity. Um, so this person is going to be called to spiritual lessons and, um, going to be very emotional and they're going to be, um, someone who definitely, uh, can seem a little bit more emotional than others, which is why I think I may have uh, identified myself as it earlier, because I think I've been going through a phase right now in my life where I am a little bit more emotional, Um, and this person is not necessarily fixated on the material, like I said, or the physical, they're more focused on humanitarian work and humanity and helping people like that. 
Um, okay. Anything you wanted to add about the number nine? Um, no, I think you summed it up pretty well. I, I did talk about the nine back when we talked about sixes a little bit and how it's the number of the ego and it's the true number of, uh, evil, I guess you could say. So, mm-hmm. um, that just has to do with numerology because if you add nine to anything, so nine plus seven is 16 and then you take one plus six is seven. So it's like a zero basically in numerology. Um, and then if you divide, I'm sorry, if you if you multiply anything by nine, it comes back to itself again. So like nine times six is 54. Five plus four is nine. So just a little interesting note to note there mm-hmm. again. Okay. So now we're going to look at the four representations of nine in the minor canis suits. So we'll look at cups, pentacles, swords, and wands. Um, you know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, I normally have a lot of issues and kind of identifying the wands, but I'm looking at the nine of wands. That's what I'm going to talk about first. And it's this um, figure standing, um, holding one wand and he's got eight wands behind him. He's kind of veering off, looking off over his right shoulder at these wands that are growing behind him. And the nine of pentacles is this figure. It looks like in a garden and they have one hand on a pentacle. It looks like it's growing from this hedge and the other hand is up and there's a bird on it and there's sun in the background. And nine of swords um, is a figure sitting up in bed. Um, and there are these nine horizontal swords kind of layered behind them. And then the nine of cups is this figure sitting on this stool and there's nine cups in an archway behind them. Now, For me, I think this has been the easiest number to identify with all of these cards, because when I think back to what I just said about the number nine, I think about the manifestation of their desires and thoughts and um, what they want to accomplish. And I definitely see that in the nine of wands and the nine of pentacles and the nine of cups. And and whereas I might have thought initially that the nine of swords was kind of throwing me off, I think it's a really nice balance of sometimes you manifest things and when you get what you want, it's not really what you wanted. And I think there's a harsh reality sometimes that comes with that. And so that's how I chose to interpret that. But I'm looking at the other cards and it looks like they put in the work. They were able to use their mind um, and get the things that they wanted. Obviously in pentacles and cups, it looks like it's material things, but we've talked about before cups for me are a representation of emotionality. And so He's able to kind of maybe create this emotional place where people feel secure and he feels secure kind of expressing himself. And for the nine of pentacles, maybe this is a a garden that is now overflowing with life and is a place people can go to seek peace, Um, kind of like a garden of Eden type of thing. So it's not necessarily like they're working to benefit themselves and get ahead with all these extra cups and things like that, or all these pentacles that looks like it's growing on this money hedge. It's like, maybe they're growing these things for the benefit of others. What were your thoughts? Well, I think that I do like the idea of all the nines relating to each other very well, because it looks like everybody here kind of has on display what they've worked toward. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, positive or negative. And most of the cards are pretty positive. But I guess we could start here with the swords because that looks a little negative. Um, and like you said, it's kind of like getting what you want and then, oh, my God, I'm not happy now. Or you realize it. But the important part about that is it's that you have realized it. And this is the point where maybe you're hitting rock bottom. So now you could move on. 
Um, or maybe you have one last card to go, which is the 10, and you have to get to that, and then you're ready to move on. But this is that point where you realize it. Um, so it really is the new beginning. And if we think about nines, in it's great how it relates back to the three of pentacles we talked about in the Rider Way earlier, because you have the three arches, and inside that third arch of the three pentacles, so it's the three within the three. And we see this, if you think about that, and um, if you use that in relation to how you create and how you're a mason, how I was talking about earlier, if the first three is you uh, maybe winning a first battle or getting everything together the first time and you're doing it finally, then the third three is bringing everything together again and it's that real mastery. That's why I like the nine because it's the three of the three. So the three come together and it really represents that mastery. And you could see that in the other cards because if you have the nine of cups, he's sitting there with them on display, just like you said, he's proud of them. They're up high. Everyone can see them. The nine of wands to me, this looks like this, he was in a hard fought battle. So whatever, whatever it is, he's using these wands to represent, he puts on display and he's sitting there with another one. And he's like, he's using these wands also to protect them because they're watching his back. So it's a hard fought victory, whatever it Mm -hmm. was to get there. And especially if we're talking about like self-knowledge and how hard that is to go through that process. And then we're coming to the, Nine of Pentacles, it's great because these are the literal fruits of her labor. They're out there blooming. She's showing the world. She's excited about it. She's happy. You know, she's. It looks like she's in the Garden of Eden, a very safe, happy place. She's getting along with nature. She's got that bird there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she's singing uh, zippity doo da zippity a. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I think that's how we can relate that all the cards together. And did you think that this one, did you agree with my assessment that this same one seemed a little bit easier to align with the number? Yeah, yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion based on nothing besides the fact that I know what the 10 is and what the 10 means that I'm going to feel that way next week as well. Yeah, I'm sure. And going back to what I said about nine being the number of the ego, it's great because there's one person in each card, one mm-hmm. person that's central. So it's just showing again that the ego of the nine and just to piggyback off of that i feel like this is the first time that we have seen there be consistency in all of the cards in terms of the number of people represented yeah and i love how two of them look fairly masculine and you know one looks feminine the one you can't really tell mm-hmm. but they're all pretty andro you know it's all a lot of androgyny in all the cards but it's pretty even balance, I guess. So I think this is a perfect way to segue into what we're talking about next week. Next week, we'll be talking about the number 10 and looking at the 10 representation in all of the, the minor arcana suits. And then we'll be looking at the four of pentacles in our two different decks. Um, and then we might be actually also giving off a, a bonus episode, which you heard us talk about earlier, um, about talking about which card we're using as our manifestation card for 2020. All right. Love it. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'd like to say, let's see, what do we got to do? Plugs. That's right. Okay. So if you want to do any shopping, go to comedylol.com, click on our Amazon link, do all your shopping. It makes us a little bit of money. Doesn't cost you anything. We just get a little bit from Amazon. 
If you'd like to comment on the show, you can always go to comedylol.com, comment under there. You can comment under where the podcasts are posted. And another thing is, if you can do this, this would be great. If you go to iTunes and rate our podcast, that would be lovely. Whatever you want to do, leave a comment. And any anyone that leaves a rating will read it right here on the air. So if it's good, if it's bad, whatever it is, we'll read it. Everyone that listens will get to hear what you have to say about our podcast. So make sure you do that. And um, I guess I could just say Happy New Year, everybody. See you next decade. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from me. Do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> no, because that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Ha-ha! <laughs> Starting off 2020 right. I'm going to put this song. I can Comedy LOL Podcast Network.